American Giant makes the durable, comfortable spring closet staples you need for work, the gym, and even happy hour. Made in America. Designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20. Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. Dr. Jay Calvert, and I'm happy to be sitting here with my associate and top-notch body lift surgeon, as <laughs> described by Sean Gosser, our producer, <laughs> uh, the uh, queen of body, body lift lifts. queen, body I lift think, queen. is my official name. Dr. Millicent Ravello, <laughs> body lift queen. Why, hello. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. I, uh, I've been on vacation this week. That's right. Notice but how yet, I'm in the office. Here you are. <laughs> <laughs> this is vacation for me. <laughs> I've only seen 28 patients this week and done two little procedures. <laughs> but this is you taking it easy. It is. This is vacation for me. <laughs> I mean, you even have like, a vacation shadow <laughs> happening right now. I was trying to grow this. Okay, so I grew it. And I wore like a polo shirt in the other day thinking that people would say, oh, he's on vacation. I'm not going to bother him. Yeah, it, it didn't work. It didn't work. No, I still was like changing, like yeah. taking out sutures and taking off splints. And <laughs> one thing that anybody who is like, oh, I want to be a plastic surgeon. This is what you have to understand. The operations are great. They're amazing. But with every operation comes lots of post-op care. Oh, so much. So much. For like years. That's right. You, you take care of people for good. Like they, yeah, yeah, yeah. they are now like in your, in your club. Mm-hmm. They're part of the, they are part of the family. They're part of the team. Like, yep. and, and you want them in the team. Like yeah. you, you don't want them anywhere Most of else. the time. Most of the time you yeah. want them in the team. But like, oh, we are going to talk about imaging. I yes. promise. So that's yes. the topic today is 3D imaging and imaging for rhinoplasty. But, <laughs> but I do want to tell this one story. You know how, like when you send one of your patients to like one of your friends to take care of something. And things happen that you never even imagined possible. Has that ever happened to you? No. Okay. Please <laughs> so I, elaborate. So I sent somebody, they're like, oh, you know, I'm just, I got to get back to New York, blah, blah, blah. I was like, fine, go back to New York. I'll call one of my friends, you know, and I have great friends in New York, but this was like one where I was like testing out a new friend to see if they could help me out. Like, cause my, my go-to friends were all at a meeting or something. A lot of them are ENT guys and they were at like the Academy or something, facial plastics. And so I was testing out the new plastic surgeon and see if they, I'm not saying he or she, they could handle this. I said, I just need you to take out the sutures behind the ear. That was it. That's not difficult, right? Not too bad. There's a little run of 5-0 proline from an ear graft that needed to stay a little longer. And I said to the patient, well, if I can get somebody back in New York, you can keep your flight and go back. Oh, no problem. I got it. I'll take out the sutures. <laughs> the whole thing. I was like, great. So... Like I send them and I think like, this is a no brainer. You cut one end, you cut the other end, you pull oh, it out. Done. Finished. That's all that <laughs> needs to happen, right? Yes. Could you envision anything else? Could you imagine anything else that no. would need to happen at that no. visit? No. Okay. So here's the phone call. <laughs> oh, hey, Jay, what's going on? Yeah. No, no, no. I, I, the voice is being changed for, uh, to protect the, the innocent. Yes. Right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, I got in there and I, yeah, oh yeah, the suture was, you know, I, I didn't take it out because I thought it needed to stay a little while longer. But, you know, I went into the nose and I saw that there were some sutures in there. So I took them <gasps> out and I resutured the incisions inside the nose. And I'm sitting there going like, <laughs> 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 what? <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, you know, I just figured, you know, they they looked a little bit, I, you know, I don't know. I, I said they're ten days old, like they're closed when they left here. What? What are you talking about? Why would you ever? Take yeah, you know, the I just I I needed to just I wanted to make sure that they looked really good, and and so I, I took out the stitches and gave a little bit of local and and reclosed the incisions in the nose. And, and I was speechless. I just sat there like. What, what what is even that? How is that even like an idea? Like how is that? Like the rhinoplasty was ten days ago. Yeah, the nose is closed. What? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, okay, that sounds great. Uh, you know, thanks for seeing him. And uh, can you? Uh, I'll, I'll okay, good. Just leave that suture in the ear. And then I was like, you need to fly back here for me to take that <laughs> stitch out. Like I'm not taking any more chances. Like that's it. <laughs> And and there have been others, but that was one that leaps to mind. So, needless to say, they are no longer on your list of no, quote not on friends. my friends who can who can handle the who can suture take removal. out sutures. No. <laughs> anyway, wanted to talk about three D imaging yes. and rhinoplasty because yes. it is a huge, huge issue. Because I don't do it, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm well, going to tell you why I don't do it. Let's talk about what it is. Okay. So 3D imaging is when patients come in and they want to have a surgery to enhance. And it can be for rhinoplasty, it can be for breasts, it can be for anything. Anything. And they want to see sort of a virtual idea of what they would look like if these changes were made to their face, to their body. So you take a picture with your digital camera and then you use computer program to alter or adjust the patient's profile, appearance, etc. Raise this, take this down, make this bigger, make this smaller. And then you you show the patient what they will look like in this new virtual version of themselves. Correct. That's yeah, it. That's and it. the idea is that you, they want to know what they're buying. And yeah. so they think if they could get a rendition yes. of what they might look like, that they will feel more comfortable buying. Correct. I think, and it's not because, it's it's really just because I may be too, like, short with the software because it doesn't do what my operations are going to do and this is the thing is like i do the, i try to make it do what i know will happen in yeah. the surgery i try to make the imaging show the movement of the lateral cru, the lowering of the right. bridge right. the creation of dorsal aesthetic lines i try so hard but the programs are designed to do one thing and one thing only push pixels around right Right. They don't it doesn't show the effect of surgery. It shows here's your picture and now we're going to alter the picture. Right. It's not taking into account the three D structural changes that you're actually making because it's a two D image. Right. Right, and doesn't seem to comprehend that. So what you're thinking of is like a surgeon. Like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to change this. I'm going to put this in here. And the computer program is like, so do you want me to take down those extra five pixels to make the hump shorter? Like, you're like, no. No, that's not how it works. <laughs> I'm actually going to remove bone, yeah. cut cartilage, <laughs> fold cartilage in, suture it, add cartilage to make dorsal aesthetic lines. I'm going to take out soft tissue. I'm going to shape the soft tissue. The, the computer imaging doesn't account for soft tissue movements. It doesn't account for the response of the soft tissue to the underlying structural changes. It doesn't account for the structural changes themselves. When you mobilize lateral cura and put them in a new position or do tip suturing, all it can do is take the current situation, that photo of the patient as they are before they have surgery, and alter it by modification of the light ref reflexes and shadows by pushing the pixels around 
or shrinking portions of the shadows or making the shadows bigger or smaller, but it doesn't allow you to actually do the things that surgery will do. And so therefore, imaging doesn't represent what I do as a surgeon. It can't possibly show what they're going to look like after I operate on them. Do you feel like it gets close? Like, is it like 85% close to what they might look like? I think it's like 42%. What it's like. <laughs> That's an F. <laughs> yeah. How'd I do on this test? You got a 42. You got a 42%. Hey, is that good? No, that's an F as a matter of fact. You fail. Yeah, so I think it's about 42% of what I'm going to do. Now, there are other practices, and I am not at all here to disparage practices that use imaging. Let me repeat that. There are practices that imaging is the thing that sells their surgery. They get patients on the schedule left and right, and the patients don't even seem to care that their result looks nothing like their imaging. They just like that it was done for them. Well, I get that because it's a trust thing, right? Because right. you go in and you don't really know what you're asking for. You just know, have an idea of what you want, especially with noses. I think noses in particular. And so you want some comfort as you know, level of trust as to what you're going to look like when you're done. And so if someone can show you a picture, like, hey, this is what you're going to look like, then yeah, you're like, okay, I'll sign up for that. Right. As opposed to going to someone who's like... It's gonna be great. You're gonna look great. <laughs> I'm gonna do a great job for you. You're gonna love your results, but I can't give you a 3D or 2D, whatever virtual rendering of what your final face is gonna look like. Which is why I do drawings. You do drawings because my I'm I am an artist, and I'm I'm I think I'm a pretty decent artist, quite honestly. I can paint. I yeah, can I like draw. It. You know, I, yeah. I got it. But for this, I'm really good at drawing what's going to going to happen, and typically, when the result happens, I'm happier with the result than the drawing. Even though the drawing was great, right. but the result is even better than the drawing. And, and that's where – that's the next study I want to do with my fellows is to have them pull all the post-op, the one-year post-op results you know, for the last two years on primary and secondary rhinoplasties, revisions, whatever, and look at the result that we generated as compared to the rendition that I drew – Right, because I draw the profile and I draw the yeah. front. Like I'm, I'm a good little sketch yeah. artist. You know, and I can you get this stuff in, done. You put in the chart. And That's right. It's on part the, of the record. On the weekends, I'm down at the Venice Beach. You want a little like a little caricature? <laughs> I can do that for you. But the I the want a caricature. Well, I'll take care of that for you. Done. No problem. <laughs> that may be the last thing I do. But that's okay. I'm going to draw it. The um, <laughs> if I'm not here next week, you know what happened. Uh, that's. That's the thing is that I want the patients to feel comfortable. So the drawing, the drawing in the context of did you look at my before and afters? This is the key question. It's what right. I say all the time. Right. Do you look, like what I do? Do you like those before and afters? Because that's what's happening. That's I got news for you. Like, <laughs> don't don't think that they're you know, like I I am used to doing like these these are my Bentleys. You know, here yeah. they are. You, you have look a very signature nose. Like I'm, I've, I've learned and I'm learning how to identify. I'm like, oh, that's a Jake Calvert nose. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's not like it's the same nose on everybody. No, not at all. It's very custom. Yeah. But it has a, a look and feel that you know that's what I did. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like if you commission an artist to paint a mural in your home, you should probably look at their work right. that they've done before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because you want a certain look and feel for your home. Yeah. So this is the same thing. Like when you're hiring an artist, you better like the stuff they've done in the past. 
Yeah. And that's where I think, you know, the imaging thing, if it works for, for my colleagues, I think it's great. I, I, I can't make it do what I do because my operations don't do what that imaging does. You know what I think is interesting is you mentioned you think that your actual results are better than your imaging. You bought a volume, a series of books recently from a very well-known rhinoplasty surgeon. And every single picture he shows, he shows a pre-op, he shows the... 3D rendering of what he thinks it's going to look like. And then he shows his final post-op and his series of like thousands of patients. And every single 3D image that I see, I always kind of go, eh, I don't really like that. But then I see the actual results and I'm like, wow, that looks so much better than the 3D picture. Of course. And I noticed that over and over and over again, his yeah. actual results look way better than the actual 3D that they show. Right. Don't you think, isn't there a point where you go like, how did this patient even sign up with no, this 3D I, imaging? Yeah, like, I, this is awful. I just ignore it now. I don't even look at that. I'm like, that's dumb. That's not what it's going to look like. <laughs> no. And that's why, I mean, I remember the first time I did that, I was a resident. And I remember it very well. And I remember the patient very well because every once in a while, she still contacts me. It was my first uh, revision rhinoplasty that I ever did. And the result was really good. It was. It turned out great. She, she never got it revised. She's now 1998. <laughs> <laughs> 22 Plus years out from that operation. So 22 years later, and I remember that, and I still have it. I still have the imaging. And I remember when I saw her result and then I looked at the imaging I did, I go, why would she have even signed yeah. up for this? I'm like, this is awful. Thank God her result is this. Because this. this imaging sucks. <laughs> it's terrible. Like, it is so bad. And and that's usually I mean and I spent you know I don't know what it was twenty five grand on this uh, you know Canfield system that I I've tried really hard and, and Whitney our nurse before she you know went out on her maternity leave like we were sitting there like taking pictures of everybody trying to make it work and then we would we would tell the patients okay we're gonna do the three D and if we like it we'll send it to you and like we were just like it didn't work <laughs> <laughs> go with the drawing the drawing's better like don't do this you look like an alien in this in this and it did and I and I I think even Perlman, Steve Perlman, who's a great friend of mine in New York, excellent rhinoplasty surgeon, loves imaging. Uses it first practice, he's great at it. Amazing surgeon, really great results. Like he did like when I was at his office, I said, you know, I've always thought about having like a chin implant. Like, I think it'd be cool. Like just like a little projection. Can you do that for me? And so he like snaps the pictures and we do it on the imaging. He goes, what do you think? I, I go, I think I'm never going to have this chin implant. Yeah. I'm going to run out of here in a minute. He goes, well, it's not going to really look like that. I was like, I know it's not really going to look like that, but if that's what you show me, I'm not signing up. And so I just felt like the best way to show a chin implant, of course, is to inject filler or saline or something. But I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't love 3d imaging and that's why, you know, I do the drawings, the drawings seem to, you know, I, I do 250 rhinoplasties a year. Somebody, somebody likes it and, uh, it seems to be fine, but I always get the, the argue, the pushback is like, Oh, you should be doing imaging. And I swear I would, if I thought it could even look close to what I could make it, what right. I can do as a surgeon. I don't know. It's it's just a, it's an important topic because that that's always a question of why why don't you why do don't imaging? you have it yeah we definitely get that like oh well do you have anything you can show me of what I might look like I get it it's a very reasonable question but I it think is. it does go back to what you were saying before did you see my before and afters do you like those noses this is what I can do for you right and that that's been plenty good enough and, yeah. and and the drawings do make people comfortable the drawings are good i mean right. they're, well, I they definitely the, represent it you know more than anything i think patients just want to know that you have a plan 
that you have an idea and a goal for what their nose is going to look like. And by showing it, by actually drawing it in front of them, they see that. They're like, oh, this guy knows what he's going to do for my nose. He has a plan. And so I feel comfortable. Right, because the drawing does take into account all the surgical maneuvers. I'm going to move these lateral cura. I'm going to take this down. I'm go- It shows all that. And so when I make that drawing, I've already decided my plan. So that's right. the first time. You know, the I always say before you get to the operating room, you should have done the rhinoplasty in your head or on paper no less than six times before you cut. Yeah. You know, the measure, measure twice cut once i'm like measure six, measure six times, times cut once. once and so you know it's like you you review the plan so you make the diagnosis you see the patient you look bump up bump up you think it through you discuss with them what about this what about that and then you say okay here's what i'm going to do because now your plan comes out on paper as the drawing i'm going to do this i'm going to lower the bones i'm going to break these in and bring this in blah, blah, blah. and then you draw it out and then they say, I love it, or they say, oh, I'd like a little bit more of a curve, or I'd like it to stay a little longer, or rotate it up a little bit more. Then you make those adjustments, blah, blah, blah. Then you write the note for the patient. So now you're doing the, the second round where you're writing up the note of what you're going to do, da, 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 da. Then you're going to review it when you're going to submit for insurance or if you're going to send them for a CT scan or whatever. So now there's a third time. I'm going to do this, 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 the other thing. Then there's the, the, the pre-op. pre-op. So they come in again, and you go over the plan with them in in person. There's your fourth time. Then the night before surgery, you're going to review it a fifth time, and then the sixth time is when you're sitting in front of them before surgery. So there's there's always those yeah. at least six that hits sounds about right. before you do the surgery. The drawing is you know a really concrete sort of like extroverted version of what's going on in your brain. And so when you do that drawing or you, when, and if you do imaging, I, I, again, I'm not here to disparage the imagers. It's great. If you love it, go for it. Um, but that, that's means that as you're doing that, you're thinking through the moves that need to happen for that to, to show up on that patient's face. Right. What else about imaging? Is there anything else? What about Facetune? A lot of people have Facetune apps on their phone. Have you seen that? No. Oh, you should get that. It's kind of cool. What's Facetune? It pushes pixels around. It's kind of easy. It's super cheap. It's not like our fancy 3D imager, but you can do like little things with it. That's mm-hmm. the other thing too. I always tell patients, I'll look at imaging that you did because they didn't stop until they got it the way they wanted it. Like if right. I stop and they look at it, they go, yeah. eh, then they don't sign up for surgery yeah. because they're like, oh, I don't like that imaging. But if they do the imaging and they bring it to me, they're like, is this possible? And show it to me. Like, That's great. Right, right, right. I'm all in on that. Yeah. That is fantastic because then they've already decided I'm looking at something like this. This is going to look good on me. Then I can say, yes, no, maybe it'll be a lot like that or that's the idea. Those are usually my responses. When it shows that they have an idea of what they want because nothing's worse than the patient that comes in with no idea as to what they want or what they want changed or what they want different. It's hard. It's hard as the doctor to be able to give them a nose or give them a breast or whatever if they can't articulate to you what it is they want. But if they're coming in and showing you a picture, then you're like, yes, I can do that. No, I cannot do that. Yeah. How can you operate on the patient who doesn't know what they want? That's very hard. That's like going on a trip with no idea where you're going. (laughs) Sounds kind of fun, actually. (laughs) But maybe not in the OR. (laughs) I think it's fine to like hit the road, but if you need to to know where you're going in the OR, you better know where you're going. You need to have a plan. That's right. That's true. I guess going on a trip with that. Well, we know where we're going. I'm taking a little trip with the family oh, this weekend, right. so they'll yeah. they're excited. I don't think they know where we're going. <laughs> that's as okay. long as you they do. really don't care, no. they just they just want to go someplace because they are going out of their minds, being in the house. They're re- they're ready to they they'd go to 
work if they had to, you know, <laughs> to just get out of there. All right. Well, I think that's about it on uh, our computer imaging. Uh, Dr. Ravella, thank you. Body lift queen. Uh, that's now now your nickname. My I'm moniker. I'm going to say this. I'm with the body lift queen. <laughs> um, anyway, I think we'll be back next week. What's, what's our next one? Our next one. We have, a, we have a good one coming up. There's been there's been a couple good ones, by the way. I that th- we're going to release I, I really week? thought yeah. the uh, the Orla. She's coming back? I know. We'll get Orla back in. I yeah. don't think she'll be on next week. but Well, you guys will have to stay tuned. Thanks again for listening. We do appreciate everybody who's been staying on the podcast with us. We are, we are growing. We're growing the numbers, and we, and we appreciate it very much. So this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you from the 90210. The Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast is brought to you by Rock Spa. This is MediSpa, located both in Beverly Hills and Newport Beach, providing services such as Botox, fillers, lasers, and all therapy, as well as hydrofacials and all the aesthetic products you could possibly need. It's run by the medical director, me, Dr. Jay Calvert. Rock Spa Beverly Hills is located at 120 South Spalding Drive in Suite 340, Beverly Hills, 90212. The phone number there is 310-777-0496. And Rock Spa Newport Beach is located at 1617 West Cliff Drive, Newport Beach, California, 92660. The phone number there is 949-640-1111. You can go to their respective websites, rockspanewportbeach.com or rockspabeverlyhills.com. Rockspa was created to help my patients maintain their aesthetic beauty in between whatever operations they have throughout their lives. It's something that allows patients to come in, get their facials, skin treatments, take care of all the Botox fillers and lasers that they need to keep up their beauty. And if they've invested in any of the aesthetic operations I perform, it's the way to maintain those operations. If you mention this podcast, you will get the member's pricing for your hydrofacial. The Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast is the way that Dr. Ravello and I talk about the issues that are important to us in plastic surgery. But there's nothing better than getting to take care of our patients and do plastic surgery. Our practices are located in Beverly Hills, and I also have a satellite office in Newport Beach. You can learn about my practice at drcalvert.com, and you can reach my office by calling 310-777-8800, and that will get you an appointment either in Beverly Hills or at the Newport Beach office. My practice is located in Beverly Hills. Our office phone number is 310-954-1355. You can also contact us directly through the website, which is rovelloplasticsurgery.com. We look forward to seeing you in the office for some aesthetic tune-ups.